me, I create the artwork on site. I entertain fans. I really enhance the fan experience. And then you can also keep our artwork. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports, media, disruption, creativity, entrepreneurship, all different kinds of stuff. I'm Joe Favorito, back with my co-host here at the end of September 2022, Tom Richardson. Tom, another productive week in the business of sports. Oh my God, productive, dramatic, exciting, surprising. The the stories just keep coming at us, Joe, and the the one that we in New York, especially in baseball fans, are following is this Aaron Judge thing. And yeah. it's kind of ironic that in one, what could be a momentous night in the history of baseball, the Yankees game, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is supposed, this is being recorded on Friday the 23rd, yeah. but the game's supposed to be on Apple TV tonight. Correct? Yep. Right. On so, Apple TV. <laughs> right. Um, once again, Apple TV was able to, to grab Max Scherzer's first game at the beginning of the year. And I think um, when you look at, you know, again, the disruption, but at the end of the day, um, you know, these momentous moments, you know, however teams are going to play them to, to drift them to a format gives people a little bit of uh, angst, but also if it happens, will certainly help to cement the value of, of what Apple TV has spent for sure. Just like maybe Amazon is trying to figure out the value of what they've spent on the NFL, although some of the numbers I've seen have been kind of crazy, and I don't know how they, they justify them, but uh, good for all the new people in the game, including, by the way, as we're sitting here, Apple Music, which decided to buy. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, that was the other story I was going to bring up. And, the, the, and, and by the way, this is all interconnected, as you probably have already thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, many are already saying this is just a precursor to what we're going to see with a, a significant media deal with Apple um, soon with the right NFL. Right. But what's really fascinating for, for those who know a little bit about the history of Apple, and you know this, Joe, they never did sponsorships to the history yep. of, of the success of this now $2.5 trillion company. They've been able to build arguably one of the most valuable brands in the history of our world, certainly in business, without doing traditional sponsorship, which is mm-hmm. not true with most of the other major players in tech, where you've seen Microsoft dump in hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into sports, everything from quite an interesting move. And it makes you wonder that as part of this multifaceted, potential multifaceted relationship that could include an investment in NFL media, which is being shopped mm-hmm. around, as well as the Sunday ticket package. Maybe we're about to see one of the biggest deals in history be announced. Um, I can't wait to see what happens well, with this one. Yeah. Um, but Joe, I, I, it occurred to me that um, we we should do our program a favor in a, in a more uh, direct way by announcing formally to everybody who listens to this podcast that we're going to be hosting um, a sports business conference in less than a month from today. So just mm-hmm. for everybody's edification, the Columbia University Sports Management Program will be hosting a conference on October 21st, a Friday, on the campus of Columbia University, and it is open to the, quote, public. Mm-hmm. So anybody interested should check it out. 
on the, I guess, where, where would we get the information? The SPS, on I think the Columbia SPS site, you go to Columbia. Okay, SPS. Columbia uh, School of Professional Studies. Um, and maybe in the show notes this week, Diaz and Yash, we can mm -hmm. actually include the link as well. But just wanted to, to mention that because yeah. it's, it's getting close. I mean, yeah. we talked about it as a theoretical thing pro mm -hmm. post COVID, but now it's actually happening, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, and one other note before we get to our guest is the great irony of Apple and not spending money on advertising is obviously one of the, the biggest product launches that Steve Jobs took on was to have the iconic Macintosh commercial during the Super Bowl. So so what what goes around comes around around. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, I, th I think you may know that at, at that point in my life, I was actually working in a publishing company on an Apple magazine. So I followed mm -hmm. this quite closely. And I remember watching that game on TV and seeing that commercial because this was obviously pre-digital media, pre-social. So unlike today, where all the commercials are shared in advance, no one knew what was coming. There might have been some speculation about an announcement from Apple, but no one knew. And that was considered one of the most revolutionary, dramatic commercials in the history of uh, tel television commercials, uh, still quite iconic. And who knew what that would lead to for Apple, but one of the who great knew? stories in business, for sure. Who knew that Who knew that the Boston Celtics would have to suspend their coach for a year for improper Oh, man. Yeah. While another improper conduct finally has its due in Phoenix with um, Robert Sarver succumbing to public and brand pressure yeah. to uh, put the Phoenix Suns on the market. So if you'd like yeah. to catch the Aaron Judge baseball whenever he breaks the record and take that and parlay that into the ownership of the Phoenix Suns. Maybe you can do that. So. <laughs> yeah, what is yeah. happening with that? By the way, the guy that, that, that caught number 60, the Babe Ruth tie earlier mm -hmm. this week, it was a young guy, right? Like uh, yes. I, saw the, I saw the scrum when everybody went mm -hmm. after it, but it was a pretty young guy that got it. What did they end up doing with him? Like did they make it? Um, un unclear yet. He met, he met uh, Judge and – there was an exchange, but I'm sure the exchange of cash will be coming at some point too. Yeah, so. or the exchange of some kind of value, because that was a pretty amazing, yeah. a, a pretty so. amazing sight. All right, anyway. well, let's get to our guest. We got a really interesting yeah. chat coming up here. Yep. So excited. So, uh, speaking of baseballs and content and all these things, um, I met our guest ironically at a Jets game where I was doing some influencer work last um, November. It was the no November before Thanksgiving. And uh, our guest, his name is Dylan Sadiq. He was there with one of our Columbia grads, uh, Aaliyah Funchell, who was there doing some TikTok video stuff. And Dylan was there and just kind of filming. And we were sitting in the stands during the game at MetLife Stadium and Corey Left turned to me, who was also a guest there and has been on our show and said, um, have you seen his videos? And I'm like, okay, I think he took some cool videos of the field, I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. He said, no, you have to look at his videos. And Dylan showed me his phone and I'm like, wait, is it, what, what is it that you do? And he said, I make art, sports artwork out of Rubik's cubes and I may be the only person in the world who does that. So um, his backstory is also really interesting because he's a first generation recent college graduate, lives in New Jersey, still with his family um but has really kind of found a niche and he's going to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship speed cubing for sure um the partnerships that he's developed and and what he's been able to do uh and really for when people talk about the creator industry he is both a creator and um a 
I guess, a repository of, of everything that is good about the business of Rubik's Cubes, which is a business unto itself. But uh, Dylan Sadiq, the college cuber, welcome to the Cusp Show. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Hey, Dylan. Nice to meet you. I, I noticed on your Twitter profile, the, the first words you use as a descriptor are celebrity artist, which, <laughs> which was mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Um, I guess, what, why, don't we, why don't you tell the backstory? Because it really is quite interesting. I'm sure a lot of people want to hear how this all came mm -hmm. about and your experience of going to Rutgers and, and getting into this whole crazy world that, that you seem to be doing so well in right now. Thank you so much. But, but yeah, it all started off. Um, I'm actually, I'm a, a student before anything. I'm huge into academics. So my entire life, even sports wasn't that present in my life. It was just school, school, school. Um, I ended up deciding to go to Rutgers University for biomedical engineering. I'm a first generation college student and a first generation college graduate. Um, so academics was a huge part of my life. And during the COVID years, when um, we weren't in the classroom anymore, as an engineer, you really had the high expectations of doing hands-on projects, uh, creating designs, and then creating physical like models of your designs that solve problems in, in the real world. So that's what I'm really used to, and that's what I went to school for. But during COVID, when we had online engineering, that really wasn't present at all. Like It was just like, hey, watch this video online um, and watch other people do it digitally but you're really not going to do anything like just sit home and, and, you know, try, try your best to figure it out. So that was really frustrating for me. Um, and at this time I was actually watching the, you know, the biggest thing on the earth was NBA bubble basketball. That was like the most important, like most important thing in my life. So I was like, Hey, let me come up with a way to incorporate what I've learned in the already two years that I've been in school. I learned a little bit of something. So let me incorporate what I learned in these two years and try to show some love to, to sports because that's all I really care about nowadays. So I, what I decided to do is I created some designs on my computer, which is what we do in, what we do in school. You know, we create designs all the time of models. And um, I was like, hey, let me put together something physical. So I'm, you know, I have my design process going. Um, I'm going to create something just like I do in school and have this self-project going. Um, so that's exactly what I did. I, the first big step was like, I have to find enough like Rubik's Cube. So I, I took a big financial risk. I uh, spent a, a decent amount of money, got some cubes shipped to my house. And the first thing um, I had to do is I still live with my mom. So I had to tell my mom, like, hey, um, when you see like a bunch of packages outside, that's all for me. Um, I like bought a bunch of cubes and I'm just I'm just letting you know, like when it arrives, that's all for me. And, and the first thing she told me, she was like, hey, man, you're like wasting your time. You're wasting your money. You don't know what you're doing. Um, but that's why you have to tell her after you already did it, you know. So so that's what I did. And, um, well done. and I made my. Yeah, thank you so much. And I made my first mosaic um, of Luka Doncic. He was the first one I ever did. That was the only jersey I owned at the time. Um, Luka Doncic is my favorite basketball player. So I made him very basic design. Obviously, I'm a rookie at this. But naturally, in this era of the world, you have to record everything you're doing, especially if you're doing something as ridiculous as I'm doing. So um, I took a, a basic time lapse, posted it on. I created a brand new Instagram, brand new TikTok, and I posted it online. And I was actually very familiar beforehand that sports teams are super active, especially on TikTok, for things that don't even involve them. Like you'll see a cooking video about pasta and, you know, there's 15 different verified sports teams like commenting like about them. So I was like, if I make a video very dedicated to a sports team and an athlete, maybe I could get some attention from them. So that's exactly what happened. Uh, I made Luka Doncic and the, the Dallas Mavs. They commented, liked, um, they actually reached out to me and asked to repost my video. So that's how I really got started um, creating my mosaics. And from that point, there was other teams asking to make one for them and so on and so forth. So that was really the beginning of um, like my social aspect and continuing. 
So Dylan, wait, to, 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 to actually do that, did, were you working off of um, a still photograph of Luca? Because yeah, obviously yeah, so I, you need to study intricate detail. Yeah. Could you talk yeah, about so the process? Because sure. it, it seems quite complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'll take you through exactly what like um, if, if a social media or if a team on social asked me to make one of their athletes. So they reach out to me. Hey, can you make Luka Doncic for me? OK, great. Sure. So the first thing I do is I actually research and this goes very hand in hand with like the engineering process. OK, this is what I, what I know very well. So the first thing is you have to identify your problem. And the problem is, is I have to create a mosaic of Luka Doncic. That, that's our problem. And then we're going to do research. So our research is looking at tons, like so hundreds, sometimes thousands of images online of the athlete. So I'll do tons of research to find the perfect reference image. And the perfect reference image is a very close headshot of the athlete. Like I want the image to be as much of his face as possible. I need to get the right lighting, the right shadows. It's yeah. very difficult to find the right image. But um, yeah, you got to make sure like the shadows are right and stuff like that. So there's tons of testing, research um trial and error until you find the right image and then when you when you find a couple that you think work you have to you have to do a bunch of like basically photoshop on the computer i i convert the image to pixels switch the colors around do a lot of paint um to like really add my own details and stuff like that and when i'm finally re like satisfied with my design at that point i'll transfer it over to my ipad and when i'm ready to build I just follow the design that I already created. So a lot of people think that I do this off the top of my head, but there's tons of backend work, just like in any type of design or engineering, you have to like, you know, come up with your, your process and your design first. And then when you're ready to actually create, you follow the, the design that you've been working on the whole time. So you go from, um, but, but go a little bit more detail, especially in terms of time. That's obviously a lot of hours that you put into it, but mm -hmm. you literally get, the Rubik's cubes that come for anybody like who would buy them in the store. And then you have to manipulate them for what you want. So how fast can you speed cube? Obviously it's not the, the, the fastest, the biggest in the world, but it's impressive, especially given the volume that you have to do to try and put it together before you start mounting things. Yeah. So for, for sure. So, so my mosaics, they're made out of 560 cubes and, and solving those 560 cubes, I finish in <laughs> um, just under three hours which is, um, you know, if you do the math, it's probably something like 15 seconds, like 10 to 15 seconds per cube. Um, but in, honestly, in the world of speed cubing, so there's two types of people. There's people that speed cube, that just work on cutting their time down as, as low as possible. And then I'm, I'm somebody that, like, I'm, I'm more of a marathon runner compared to a sprinter. Like, I, I really work to get as many done in an efficient amount of time compared to, you know, finishing one as fast as possible. So in the speed cubing world, um, like, the record has to be something like, four or five seconds and they average about seven seconds for the entire cube to be solved. My average for the entire cube is probably, you know, 35 seconds, 40 seconds, which is really not impressive at all in the world of speed cubing. There's like a whole different method and, and there's a lot of guessing and technique and memorization that goes into it that I just don't focus on because I care about the artwork more than anything. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if you, when I'm creating my mosaics, I still get an average because you only have to solve one side. The, the five other sides aren't visible in the mosaic. So for me to solve one side, it only takes me about 10, 15 seconds. And if you multiply that by 560, I'll be close to three hours to create the image. So you're working, you're working off of the design plan that you talked about a minute ago, right? For each, uh, for, for each of the 560. So you're, so you're following your formula to work through each one of those five until you they're all perfect 
bring them together, and you got your image. Yep, 100%. Um, so, so, you, so you start doing those. Uh, you do the Luka Doncic one. That was probably, because you've only been doing this about a year, right? I mean, it hasn't really been that long. Yeah, April 2021 was my, was my yeah. Luka Doncic. So what is that, 18 months or so? And you come up with the idea of the college cuber. Walk us through uh, kind of like the engagement process that, that's continued to grow your business. Because obviously we met a year ago in November, but um, and I know some of the conversations we've had opened up doors for the NBA and the NFL and obviously the USTA and some of the other places. But um, you've also you know, done them for bar mitzvahs and, and store openings and other places. Um, how big are they, first of all, which we didn't talk about that. You have two different sizes that, that you do. Uh, and then how has the business continued to grow? How do you use social to grow the business? Okay, so, so yeah, so I'll walk you from, from that Luca mosaic all the way to the present day. So I started, like, my, my intentions weren't what they are today. I was just making videos just, you know, for my own, like I said, to further my education, my own entertainment purposes. Um, and on social, you know, when one team sees it and another one sees it, they, they request their athletes. So on social, I just started creating like a queue, like a long list of different teams that asking me to make their athletes. So naturally, I'm not going to ignore these very high profile teams. So I was like, hey, let me make one for them. Let me make another one. And then another repost lead to another request. And then very quickly, I have 40, 50, 60 different requests. And it's like, well, I guess now I'm going to spend all my free time creating these mosaics for these teams because my list is so long. Um, so I did that for an extended period of time, probably six months. And, and then in six months, I think this is around July of 2021. Um, that's when I, that's when I really got like my first commission request. It was from the Detroit Pistons. And this was out of nowhere. I did a video for them for social and they were like, Hey, Dylan, we actually do this thing um, where we go to visit our bosses. You know, we, we, we go to visit our bosses and we like to bring gifts uh, to our bosses when we meet them. So do you think you can make us like something? very small because my, my mosaics are five and a half feet tall, four foot wide. They're very heavy. I told you 560 cubes, probably 150 pounds. Um, so they're like, can you make something more handheld so we could gift to our bosses? So I was like, um, yeah, sure. I've actually never commissioned a piece before. I've never really done something like that, but I think I could figure something out for you. So that's exactly what I did. I, I worked with them to create a design. They approved the design. I created more of a shadow box size, which is probably only about two foot by three foot. Um, and, and I sent it over to them. I shipped it to Detroit. They brought it to their bosses. They were super, super excited and thrilled about it. And that was like my first moment was like, hey, I'm, I profited off of my artwork. Um, and then shortly after that is when um, the Detroit Red Wings actually reached out to me. And they were like, hey, Dylan, I know you live in New Jersey, but we're having the NHL draft party. Um, and we'd like to invite you as a VIP guest. So they were just asking me to come to Detroit or if I was in the Detroit area to come visit them. Um, and at that time, I've never traveled really for work. Um, but I told you, I just worked with the Pistons and the Lions just requested me on, on social media and the Tigers just requested me on social media. So I came up with this idea to, to bring them all together. I was like, hey, you know, if I just asked them all if I could work with them together, let me make this Detroit trip something worthwhile and actually work with all these teams. And thankfully, they all they all approved. So I went out to Detroit with four different frames, over 2000 cubes. And I ended up working with all the teams in Detroit. And this was really the beginning of, you know, I'm traveling with my artwork. I created permanent frames for my artwork. I'm trying to get these, these like these mosaics inside of stadiums permanently. Um, so that's exactly what I did. I went out to Detroit. I worked with the Pistons in their performance center. They had like a brand new performance center. 
Um, and I made a, a mosaic of Ben Wallace that's still hanging up in their performance center today. I worked with the Tigers, uh, made a mosaic for Miguel Cabrera, and he, he they gave it to him to keep. He, he owns a piece of my artwork. The Red Wings, I made one for them. I went to Ford Field with the, the Detroit Lions in the offseason. Um, empty field, just me and my contact, and we, um, we made one of their quarterback. So after that, that was really like, hey, this is what I do. Here's my portfolio. I worked at a team from every league in Detroit, um, and I started marking myself as that. It's like, hey, guys, look, these professional teams, they really love my stuff. They all agreed to purchase one of my pieces. Um, this is what I do now. And the amazing thing that I really came up with after this point, because at that point, um, I was just doing it behind the scenes, like while people were working. But the, the cool thing about my artwork is I, I can actually create it, 560 cubes in under three hours. And co like, what a coincidence, a, a live sporting event is about three hours long. And I was like, hey, if you guys want i can actually create my artwork during the game and really be an entertainment piece and i think that's what really pushed me like significantly yeah. stronger than than just an artist you know all you know anyone can well not anyone but a lot of artists they create their artwork whether it takes 17 hours two weeks doesn't really matter and then it hangs up somewhere but me i create the artwork on site i entertain fans i really enhance the fan experience and then you can also keep our artwork so so when i started telling people that that's when it really started to like go like a lot higher than anything else. I started marketing myself as I'm a live performer. You know, I'm an entertainer for sporting events. Um, and then shortly after, let's say a couple of weeks, I worked with the New York Red Bulls, which is a local team of mine. I worked with the Philadelphia Union. I ended up working with professional bull riding at Madison, Madison Square Garden that Joe helped me out with, um, Army Navy game. And all of these are performances where I go out to their, their live sporting event. I sit down with the design, nothing prepared, and I'll solve every single cube one by one and all the fans will come hey what are you doing what are you working on and then halfway through they could really see what's happening um and and like that's really what i do now and i even enhance it a step further which is this is where it comes to the u.s open now i really feel like i have my process like a hundred percent on lock is um I, I usually now i create half the mosaic before i arrive this is what i did with the u.s open i had one mosaic because they asked me to make two at the u.s open so i created one mosaic fully solved and I arrived to the sporting event with the mosaic solved. And as the fans come in, I was right by the front gates of the U.S. Open. As the fans come in, I actually encourage everyone to help me put the artwork together. So now I'm promoting creativity. So, hey, guys, the U.S. Open asked me to help put this mosaic together. They want you to help put this mosaic together of one of their athletes. So I'm handing out cubes to every fan that comes in. They're helping me put it together. And then they get to sign my board because all artists have to sign their artwork. So now I'm promoting being an artist, promoting being creative, get more involved, I'm more interactive, and I'm just really trying to make a memorable experience for the fans. Um, so that's that's my entire live performance process now, and anyone's welcome to, like, to commission a piece of my artwork. And the amazing thing about my commissions compared to a regular artist is my artwork is not permanent. A piece of artwork painting on canvas, you know, once you paint it, it's there permanently. So I'll give you an example. For the, the Tennessee Titans, they purchased one of Derrick Henry, and they were very hesitant at first. It's like, hey, you know, what if we end up trading Derrick Henry or Derrick Henry gets injured for the entire year? Then what do we do? You know, a painting of Derrick Henry with the Tennessee Titans logo all over his face, you know, it's like, hey, man, I guess it's just a piece of garbage now. You're not going to hang it up if the guy's gone or injured. But with my with my cubes, just invite me back to Nashville. I'll come take the paint, take the artwork off the wall, and I'll switch the image to another athlete that you have that you'd like to highlight, or I'll switch it to your logo. Like the artwork isn't permanent. It's actually just framed 
and it has the ability to be changed at any time. So there's no hesitation. You can really switch up the artwork, get creative. Um, it's not such of a commitment. Um, and you can like create a, a long lasting experience. I could come perform again and then you have a new piece of artwork, whether you want to highlight a new guy for the month or, you know, if you change your logo, I'll come back and I'll switch your logo. Um, but yeah, that's really my entire process. Dylan, I'd like to submit my application right now to be your business manager. Uh, are you are you looking for? I mean, what a crazy, fascinating, uh, inspiring story, Joe. Like, really, really uh, uh, amazing work by you to kind of capitalize on that one, that one, that initial effort that you made, the time you put in to turn this into what sounds like a fantastic business. I was not aware of the live performance part of which I think is really brilliant, but you could see this being applied well beyond sports too. That's what I was thinking the last few minutes. Have you done anything beyond the sports category? Yeah. So that's what Joe was mentioning. I actually do do some smaller gigs um, from time to time. It's not really my focus, but it happens and I've been trying to get more involved. But um, so, so two of these, this is actually how I got involved where I started making my artwork was inside of one of these luxury condos nearby. My brother lives in one of these luxury condos. So when I first started, I didn't have a place to really do this stuff. So I used to bring my cubes to his um, apartment and they have like common areas, you know, just like where they had watched TV. And I used to set up there really late at night. Um, and the building actually noticed, you know, they noticed that I would come here from time to time. And they, they didn't really have a problem with it. They were being really nice to me. And they were like, hey, this is super cool. And the owner of the of the building asked me to come to his son's bar mitzvah and, and create his son's face. So so <laughs> oh I was my like, God. yeah, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come and I'll do that. It's not yeah. really the largest crowd that I've ever done. You know, instead of instead of 10, 20, 30,000 fans, now it's 150, 200 people. Um, so that's exactly what I did. And I had all the kids by me and I was creating the mosaic of the birthday boy and stuff like that. And he loved it that he actually commissioned a piece for his building. So the building that I started off at, which is just, it's, it's just a condo building. They purchased a piece for their building. I worked at his son's bar mitzvah. And then I don't know, man, the bar mitzvah community is really, really close that I'm, I'm, I'm working on like my fifth, sixth bar mitzvah. I have one this weekend um, and they just keep going. I'm not really marketing myself in that world at all. They just, you know, the referrals are really strong, I guess. Um, and then last night, I actually worked, um, I've been trying to get more involved with event planners, you know, just testing different waters. And I actually got in contact with an event planner. And she said that she had an event that she's interested in hiring me for. It was the grand opening of a medical clinic. So I was in New York last night, like on Wall Street, um, Soren Medical Company. You know, they they opened up a new location and they had a, a party with about 200 people. And I, I cubed their logo. Um you know, the same pricing applies to all my clients. So it's still a full-time, you know, full-time gig. It's just not inside of a stadium. It's like really these smaller corporate gigs or stuff like that. Um, like I said, I have a bar mitzvah tomorrow. I worked the medical thing yesterday. And then I work with the Jets on Sunday. So it's really like, you know, I'm trying to get involved everywhere I can. Mm -hmm. um, so, so two points. One is, because Dylan, you can see, is obviously has this massive entourage. Tell, tell Tom and tell our listeners about how you got to NBA draft weekend, the, the, the high level trip that you took in a rented van with all your things yeah. driving to Cleveland. And then yeah, the other yeah. thing I want to mention, uh, which Dylan didn't touch on, and we've talked about this, is the fact that it doesn't have to be Rubik's Cubes that he could do this with Tom. He's done it. Okay, he's, cool. he's planning on doing it with some other things as well, or has thought about doing it with other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you both. So, so NBA All-Star Weekend, that's, that's actually to date the biggest event that I've ever attended. Um, and the reason I got that is, um, 
through a connection of Joe. I, I got an article written of me on CNBC, um, which was like a huge press release of mine. Uh, there was an article about like what I do and how I, how I do it on CNBC. And the NBA reached out to me and they were like, hey, we love what you do. We'd like to invite you as a guest to NBA Crossover, which is an event during NBA All-Star Weekend in Cleveland in 2022. So this was in February. Um, and so, so like one of the most difficult parts about what I do is that I have tons of equipment. So my cubes are very heavy. My frames are very heavy. Like I have tons of stuff. So shipping is really a, an issue. Like I run into shipping troubles from time to time. So when I was going to Cleveland, they, they asked them to make four different pieces of artwork. So that's four different frames. That's like 3000 cubes, like a bunch of stuff, right? So in, instead of shipping everything, I actually have a van from, from a, a business venture that I used to do. I, I have a pressure washing business. So I took my pressure washing van I loaded it all up with my cubes from from the like the brim up, and I drove eight and a half hours to Cleveland with um with a videographer of mine, and we we went to Cleveland um and I performed eight hours a day for like four days straight, and I created like the biggest connections ever possible that I'm still closing deals today from from February, um like for example U.S. Open was one of those deals, New Era was one of those deals, um which was those are like very recent very very recent huge deals that I've closed. Um, so that was an absolutely life-changing experience. And the, the crazy thing is I actually had the expectation that other creators would be at this event. Um, and it was nothing like that at all. It was actually all NBA partners and sponsors and then just me. So you'd walk right in, you had like setups of the Larry O'Brien trophy. You had like the, the diamond 75th anniversary ball, the Wilson, like we had Wilson basketball, AT&T, Kia, Facebook, NBA top shot, Bleacher Report, and then just Dylan, the college cuber on the side. So it was it was a lot uh, more like professional and, and and corporate partners than than I expected, which is amazing. So I got a lot of good great connections. I met what probably fifteen thousand people a day for four days. Um, so it was like absolutely amazing. I actually just got in contact with someone this morning that met me all the way back in February um, from the Brooklyn Nets. Hopefully, I could close a deal with them very shortly. Um, and then when it comes to doing different things, so so in reality, I do I do market myself as a Rubik's Cube artist, but in reality, I'm actually just a pixel artist. I could create any image. Okay, yeah, so so I could create em any image out of anything, any colors. Um, I just choose to do Rubik's Cubes because Rubik's Cubes create, like, it's a skill that you need to do to create this. So even if I gave you my design, you wouldn't be able to do it because you don't know how to do the cube. So, um, so I really like that part. And it's like reusable. Like, you know, the cubes aren't permanent. Like I said, you could just reuse them time and time again. However, so I started uh, playing around with different things and it's with the New York Mets. I actually recently worked at City Field. I created Mosaic of Francisco Lindor and that piece is commissioned and hanging on the concourse right now. And um, I also mentioned to them after they commissioned my piece, I was like, hey, you know, I don't actually only use Rubik's Cubes. I can make it out of anything. So they're like, okay, give me an example. I'm like, hey, if you sent me 700 baseballs, I bet you I can make your logo, the New York Mets logo, out of baseballs. So that's exactly what they did. They sent me 700 baseballs straight to my front door the next day. And, um, and I created this design of the New York Mets logo out of, out of baseballs. Um, and I actually, have never, I've never done this before. It's just something that I have to figure out. So what I ended up doing is I spray painted 700, 700 baseballs, different colors, red, blue, and white. Um, and I have them very actively right now. Like um, the date for, for this is like, the week of October 14th or something like that, I'll go back to city field and I'll, I'll install this into the stadium. So I'll have two pieces inside city field. Um, and it's a, it's a huge piece. It's about eight, eight foot tall, six foot wide. Um, 
extremely heavy, and there's like close to 700 baseballs in the piece. So, so, I, I so Dylan, like, the, yeah. let me just interject and ask a question. Um, yeah. So the idea was that each ball colored either orange, blue, or I think stood white, um, yeah. is a pixel then, essentially. Yep. And, and you're sure. just rearranging the pixels. Wow. Yep, 100%. Man. So who thought, you thought of that? Yeah, I thought. I mean, that's just, it's the same, it's really... the same design as my Rubik's Cubes. They're, All right, you know, so one, I'm ready one for cube an, is an NBA version, although it would be a little bit bigger, and I'm ready for a soccer version, Premier League yeah, and MLS. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Exactly. Wow. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Amazing Thank story. Thank you so much. Hey, um, last question from me. Um, about, um, yeah, kind of so, the, so could, yeah, okay, go ahead, Joe. Yeah. The, 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 crea the creator community, like who have you met? How have you met them? What do people do? How do you all work together or share information? Because that's really how I met you was through Aaliyah. Yeah, so, so naturally, because I'm, you know, I, like, like Joe mentioned, I, I am a creator as well as like an artist and all artists, uh, I'm running an art business in reality. I'm an entrepreneur and, I, and I, I'm a for-profit business. So I am a businessman, but at the same time, I have to be a creator. And the reason for that is that that's how I find my clients, especially, especially these high-profile clients. I have to post all my videos on social media, try to make them as entertaining as possible, increase my reach as much as possible. Um, and naturally, you just meet other creators in the space. So Aaliyah is actually one of the, the very early creators that I met. Um, and they open tons of opportunity. You know, like you just... You offer them as, mu as much as you can, and they offer as much as they can back to you. Um, so that's exactly what happened. Aline invited me to work with um, to work with Joe and the Jets. I created a very strong connection, and, and now on Sunday, I'll be working with the Jets on a well, – actually, it's actually my biggest project ever. I'll be wow. working three different – yeah, three different live performance dates and three commissions for the New York Jets. Um, but I've, I've worked with – another very recent example is with the U.S. Open, one of their – like incentives for me for, for for this u.s open performance on top of my pay they they gave me a ticket to an influencer suite to watch serena's like first game so they just threw me in a room with a bunch of influencers in all types like all different areas whether it's sports comedy um you know just any type of influencer you can imagine and you do as much connecting as you as you possibly can and the way you do that is hey this is what i do this is how i provide value any way you can help me i can help you um, and that's exactly what I do to this day with anybody. I mean, whether you're an influencer or not, especially in these sports teams, like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just trying to offer something that will help the sports team, you know, create lifelong fans, enhance the fan experience, um, create a, a conversation piece inside of your arena to, to promote one of your athletes. Um, and if it's an influencer, hey, you know, if, if you have a large enough following, I'll create your face for your fans too. Like, it doesn't really matter what, what the case may be, but um, creating connections in the sports industry is really important um, for whoever you don't you don't know who anybody knows and and as long as you have something valuable to offer then that's like the best thing you can do have you thought about or done any extensions into the digital realm with the same concept because obviously we're talking about physical products here um, we know there's a big movement right now with the development of nfts and i know there's been a lot of uh, stumbles along on the way and fits and starts, but it's going somewhere. We're not quite sure where, but the art art and art objects of art have become a big part of the NFT space. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely have thought about that. And I was very interested in, on like very early on, um, 
but I really think I have to establish myself as an artist before I really stumble too much into the NFT space. And if I do get involved, I'd like to do it right the first time. Like, I don't really want to try too much on my own and figure it out. Um, but like I said, we're all still learning the NFT space. We don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but I am interested. I'd love to get into NFTs and stuff like that. But like you said, there was a very large stumble recently in the, in the crypto space. Um, no. But right now I'm focusing on like physical products, live entertainment, you know, like um, it, I also feel like when it comes to pitching yourself to people, a physical product, like people feel much more satisfied with this yeah, is exactly agreed. what I do. This is what you get instead of like, hey, here's this digital thing that some people don't even understand yet. So for now, until I establish myself very solid as an as a physical artist, um, then I'll consider getting into NFTs. But I feel like I'm still in the growing process right now. Can, can you talk about how you're handling your actual business? So let, let's leave to the side the, the, the concepts and the art and the, and the actual work. How are you handling the business? Are you, do you have a, an LLC? Do you have business associates? Do you have someone helping you do the deals and contracts and things like that? Um, so so I, I, very, I very much do 99% of everything myself. Wow. Um, yeah, so I... There's two, there's two different things that I did recently because it is pretty overwhelming. But in terms of my business, um, I have two types of lead generation. I have incoming, which is, you know, naturally I have people that mm -hmm. see me on social. They send me emails or whatever the case may be, a message on social media. I have inbound deals and then I have outbound. Like I do outreach all the time, whether that's cold calls or cold emails, cold DMs, stuff like that. And I recently hired someone very, very part-time to help me with out, outreach. You know, so instead of me sitting at the computer, finding the right people and reaching out to them, I actually have a, a friend of mine that helps me do that. Um, but it's very, very small scale right now. Um, so that's like my first hire ever. And then the only other person that really helps me, I guess, if you want to get technical, is I have a wood craftsman that creates my frames for me. You know, I don't I don't try to be, you know, be something that I'm not. So so I have a wood craftsman that I pay to create my commission frames, like my very final like pieces that hang up in stadiums. He's a professional that, you know, he puts glass over the front, solid um, stained wood and stuff like that. Other than that, you know, like I've been offered to work with agents in the past. I'm very hesitant right now. You know, I thought of it, considered it, maybe only um, deals that people bring me, I would consider, you know, like a percentage. But um, right now I'm completely by myself and I like handle all the deals. I negotiate my deals. I close my deals. I send my own invoices. I do my own outreach. I create my videos. I edit my videos. I post my videos. Um, literally everything. I travel. I cover the costs that need to be covered. Um, and then I, you know, obviously I need a profit at the end of the day. So I, I deal with all that stuff. I do have an LLC. I'm known as yeah, a college super so, LLC. College so, LLC. So, uh, Dylan, just briefly tell Tom, because we, we both know the same person. Um, how did you get, you did need some legal advice. So how did, who, who helped yeah. you out with that? And how did that kind of play out? Tom, you'll appreciate this story. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So, so one thing that I've learned when you start getting involved with anybody um, very professionally, you need contracts for everything. So I, Joe, Joe's my like advisor. I, he gives me advice um, whenever I need it. So I told him, I was like, Hey, I think I need some contracts to protect myself um, from anything that goes wrong. Cause you know, you never know what could happen. So Joe said, you need a lawyer, a contract lawyer. And he connected me with uh, Carla to create a contract. So now I have like an official art agreement contract um, for any jobs that I do. I sign everything, uh, make it official and stuff like that. But here, here, here's the funny part, Tom. 
So I called Carla. We and I had breakfast. I came. I called Carla and I said, "Do you, you know? Would you do this?" And she goes, "Not only will I do it, but my firm needs some pro bono work done. So instead of me going to work with some nefarious character, I'll just work with this kid." So that's how <laughs> Carla Barrielli ended up doing Dylan's yeah. former contract. Win-win. That. Joe, I got to say, Dylan, this this is really one of the most impressive entrepreneurial stories I've heard, and I've heard a lot. Um, I, I'm really blown away by the way you've built this and the way you're thinking about it. And I love the fact that you're lean and mean, and I, and I mean that just as as an expression, lean and mean. Like you're you're not bulking up with extra people. You have the hustle and drive to do the stuff on your own. Like, man, you're doing really all the right things here and it's so impressive so um it, it's really a, a very inspirational story yeah. thank you so much so so before we let you go dylan tell everybody where they can find you yeah so i'm, I'm known as the college cuber my name is dylan sadiq on all types of socials tiktok instagram i have a personal website just google my name you'll see all the articles that joe helped me with cnbc today show nbc um but yeah i have every single platform Actually, one last quick biz question about the platforms. Right now, which social platform is most important and productive to you? Okay, so so very early on, I would say TikTok has been like it was carrying me very like heavily. Like all my contacts were through um, TikTok. Um, but I would actually say now, to your surprise, LinkedIn is the strongest platform um, because that's where all the business professionals are. Man, just get wow. get on LinkedIn, man. Get on LinkedIn. You'll find everybody that you need. Instead of fans, there's wow. professionals. And you really need to get connected with the professionals on LinkedIn. How about that? Really shrewd. Really shrewd. I wasn't expecting that answer, but as soon as you, as soon as you said it, I was like, yep, yep, that's absolutely right. That's your target audience, really, is the people that actually mm -hmm. have budgets. Which, exactly. which is not true with just your average person on TikTok or Instagram. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, amazing. Dylan, Dylan's right. really good on. Uh, hey, wow, Joe, how do you want to? Uh... He's also good on the bar mitzvah circuit too. So, that, yeah, <laughs> so anyway. Oh yeah, well um, that's that's interesting, but it's it feels though the, the extensions for this are are kind of uh, are kind of endless. I'm thinking about concerts in the music industry. I'm thinking about mm -hmm. premieres of movies and television shows and things like that. I mean, oof. Lot, maybe the World Cup. Here. Maybe there'll be something coming with the World Cup. Hint, hint. hint. How about the World yeah. Cup? Hint. Coming well, so, yeah, I'd, anyway. I'd love wow. to. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. See about that. Anyway, so and Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Well, he's already he. So one of the the connections that Dylan had and it didn't work out for Super Bowl this year uh, was I introduced him to our friend Blake Stuchin, who who passed him on to a bunch of people. Oh, actually, I have an update for that, Joe. Oh. I just spoke to Blake like the other day because um, I don't know. I was just checking up, like checking in, like, hey, what's up, Blake? How's it going? Um, and he was like too busy to talk, but he, he invited me to the NFL office. I'm going to be there, I think next, maybe next week or the next two weeks cool. or so. So I'm going to meet him in person. Hopefully something good comes out of it. But um, yeah, my connection yeah. to the NFL, I'm trying to is, really strengthen. Is your Roger Goodell one still hanging in the NFL offices somewhere? Did they ever take that? No, they, they like, I don't know what happened. That, that one fell through. I got, okay. I got really connected to the, the right people and, they really promised, like verbally promised to purchase that. And then, I don't know, they just, yeah, yeah it happens. Well, I mean, I've got a suggestion for you for NFL. Do you want to Jerry Jones send it to the Cowboys and there'll be a client probably within a few days. 
a great idea. You need people with big egos. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. anyway. So, um, Dylan, thanks for joining us again uh, on this kind of unique informational creator version of the Cusp Show, but with a really unique business background. If anybody thinks like an engineering degree can lead you to doing Rubik's Cubes of sports artists, here's the example. I don't think anybody had that drawn up a couple of years ago, but uh, <laughs> once again, um, no. for, uh, for my partner, uh, Tom Richardson and Diaz, our uh, engineer, um, our guest has been Dylan Sadiq, the college cuber. You've been listening to the Cusp Show and we will see you down the road.